Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, Lili Nishmat Lea Batchana. Her philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. Also dedicated uh, in loving memory of Lili Nishmat Eliyahu Jian's father, Amos Klimo Berhalfo and Misa. For his Askara, sponsored by Debbie and Eliyahu Jian and family. Ruach Adonai, Tenichel Began Eden. Inshallah, Ma'ala, Ma'ala. Uh, dedicated also in loving memory of Ivan's grandfather, Lucien Bachluf Ben Rachel, on his Askara by Ivan and Ariel Maman and the Ohayon family. Again, Ruach Adonai Eden Eden is Chato Eden, inshallah. Dedicated for the Fuash Shaman successful surgery of Rivka Bat Siruya, sponsored by Brendan Amdar, and uh, for the uh, speedy and Fuash for Abanit Khan of Farki Khan of and uh, Rabbi Eli Abadi, Eliyahu Shimon ben Mazal Fortuna. And the week of Kobe was sponsored by David Yash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to good today and every day. My friends, we'd like to start by wishing today a uh, beautiful bar mitzvah to A.B. Uh, Hamway. Uh, this boy has been reading in the Beit Knesset for, for many years already. One of those kids that uh, is gifted with the ability to read from the Sefer Torah. Uh, and like old school, they come and they read the, the last part of the Sefer Torah from the time that they're eight years old. It's a magnificent thing. My friends, I wanted to talk about uh, one element in, uh, in Perashat Vayakel that I believe is, uh, is an interesting and a, a standout uh, concept that every one of us needs to be able to uh, uh, take home. The Pasuk says to us that the Jewish people built the temple. And what you'll notice is that the most common refrain in the entire parasha is, Ka'asher siva amunai et Moshe. Like the Jewish people commanded Moshe, so did they do it. Like the Jewish people, like uh, Moshe commanded the Jewish people, so did they do it. Again and again and again and again and again. And the commentators ask, why is it that this was something that needed to be said after each one of the creations, after the Aron, and the Shukhan, and the Menorah, and the Mizbeach, and the Kior, each thing, again and again and again, the same idea, like Hashem had commanded Moshe. So the rabbis tell us something really interesting. What do they say? They say that, in truth, if one was to think about it, what is the difference between, again, it's a hard thing to hear, so please forgive me for saying it, What's the difference between the golden calf, the Egel Azahav, and the Kiruvim? The golden calf is a statue. It's Abu Dazara. It was the worst mistake the Jewish people ever made as a, as a nation. What are the Kiruvim? Golden statues. If this one is forbidden because we don't do statues <laughs> made out of gold, then this one is forbidden because we don't do statues made out of gold. What's the difference between those two things? So the Pasuk is telling us, Like God had commanded Moshe. Which means that in effect the only difference between these two things is the fact that the Jewish people were in one case doing something that God had commanded specifically to the measurement and one thing the, God, the Jewish people were insinuating, we're introducing, we're perhaps making up of their own accord. My friends, 
In this idea lies a very powerful, powerful uh, concept. And that is that when it comes to the concept of religion and spirituality, anything that you make up has no validity whatsoever. It has to have a makor. It has to have a source. You need to be able to show it from within Jewish teachings. Otherwise, the thing that you are doing, by the way, with the best of intentions, might actually be something which is uh, incredibly off-putting to God, to Shamaim. And I, I want to illustrate this idea by sharing something that you hear very often. You know, Rabbi, I'm not so religious, I'm spiritual. Have anyone ever heard that before? I'm not so religious, I'm spiritual. Now, I just want to give as an aside, a lot of times I hear from people in the community, I'm not so religious. Happens to be then that you're on a Tehillim chat and you see the person is saying Tehillim all day, every day. It's a weird thing, right? This non-religious person by their own estimation. So sometimes a person says, I'm not religious. And then you see them doing things that seem decidedly religious. I'm not so religious, Rabbi. But then they come to shul. And then they keep Shabbat. And then they're doing... And, and they still say that they're not religious. Why would people say words like that out of their mouth? Sometimes a person says that because that allows them to carry on doing some of the things that they really know that they no longer should. So I'm not so religious, even though they are religious, even though they are holding on a level where they can push themselves, they can ask themselves a little bit more, saying that perhaps is a defense mechanism of having to take the next step. I'm not so religious, Rabbi. I'm more spiritual. I don't know, I like to pray. Me and Hashem, we're very connected, etc., etc. So sometimes it's a defense mechanism. But my friends, there's another, uh, another uh, saying of I'm not religious, I feel, that comes into this. And another saying of I'm spiritual that comes into this. Rabbi, I don't really believe in praying. Rabbi, this is not really, I don't really feel that, I don't really connect to, right? You hear these words ever? Now, I want you to know, and I think that anyone here who knows me, knows me well. When I say these words, I don't say them because I'm looking down on someone who says them. If there's anyone that loves a person that's not yet connected, it's got to be me. All I want is to be able to take every person, wherever they are, not to move them to a place where they feel uncomfortable, but to help them take comfortable, uncomfortable steps. That's my motto, that's my life. I learned it from my father, to, in, to inspire, to try and educate, to try and help people aspire to do one thing more. Something that when the person does it, they feel for themselves, I really, sh you know, Rabbi, I really should be coming to shul. That's the sweet spot. Something that not I think that you should do, but that you think you should do. And maybe you need the encouragement, the love, the, uh, the openness, the welcome, and the Beit Knesset, big smile from the rabbi, the hug, to be able to bring you in, okay? My friends, but a lot of times, what a person is doing is substituting prayer for yoga. And they'll substitute tilim for words of affirmation. And they'll substitute Shabbat for a walk in the park with nature. I have no problems with nature. God made it all. You connect to it. You're connecting to Him. It's very beautiful. But this idea that a walk is spiritual, 
that that's a religious experience. Is it? Yes, it can be. But religion is really only one thing, and connecting to God only means one thing. Now, let me ask you an example. Tell me if you agree with me on this. And then we'll come back to Kasher, Tziva, Amunayit, Moshe. I want you to imagine for a minute that you ask someone that you really like, you want to ask them on a date. And you tell them, you know, I picked out the most amazing place for us to go to. An amazing restaurant, you're going to love it. And the person says, okay, where is it? You tell them, oh, it's Abaita. It's uh, Noe Du on the west side. Amazing. Fantastic. Cork and slice. I don't want to leave out any uh, good milkshake restaurants. Upper crust. <laughs> right? Are we having a toaster fire? No, okay, good. <laughs> I smelled it, right? But, and the woman says to you, but you know I'm lactose intolerant. You know I can't eat dairy. And the guy says, it's true, I, I hear you. But hear me out, their pizza is amazing. But, but I, I'm lactose intolerant. Yes, but the pasta is delicious. But, but I'm lactose intolerant. How often are people trying to love people, trying to connect to people, in a way where that person themselves has said to you, that's not how you connect to me. So find me a pasuk in the Torah where it says, walk in the park and connect with me, and then I'll buy that that is a spiritual connection. But I can find you a pasuk that says, V'yadata hayom, v'hashevota elevadecha, ki amonayu elokim, and you shall know today, and you shall return to your heart, that God is king. That pasuk is in the Torah. So if you're going on a walk, and you're looking at the beautiful sky, and the amazing trees, and you're saying, Mi bara ele, who made these? Look at the wisdom that you see in, uh, in what's it called? In, in nature. Look at the magnificent creatures that God created. That's a pasuk in the Torah. In fact, Rambam writes, if a person wants to feel connection to God, what should they do? If a person wants to feel yirat shamayim, fear of heaven, if a person wants to fear ahavat Hashem, love of God, what should they do? Rambam says, Yistakel b'ma'asav Let him look at God's wondrous and amazing creations and ask himself this question. And miyad, Rambam says, and immediately it will be increased within him a love uh, for a God that gave us such a magnificent world and a fear for a God that has such beautiful control and powerful control over the entire universe. My friends, when there's a Rambam that tells you that this is how you connect to God, then you know what you do. You don't just go on a walk and fill your lungs with fresh air and feel the endorphins and tell yourself that that good feeling is spirituality. You do the one piece that's missing. You do exactly that same walk, but at the end you say, thank you Hashem. Wow, that was so beautiful. And that one little thing, at the end of that same thing that you did every day, is now literally fulfilling the words of our sages, fulfilling the words in the Pasuk. You could build a statue out of gold and it's Avodah Zarah. It's the worst thing ever. And you could build a statue out of gold 
And it's the holiest thing ever. It sits in the Kodesh HaKodashim. What's the difference? When you ask yourself, There's a very interesting Gemara. The Gemara tells us about a certain rabbi. I just, by the way, I just mabruked you in the beginning. I told everyone how amazing you are. So the whole world is now celebrating your Bar Mitzvah today, okay? Ashrecha. And your birthday too. I know, I was pointing to your nephew who's right behind you. He went back up the stairs, don't worry. <laughs> okay. My friends, the Gemara talks about a certain rabbi, his name was Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef was blind. And Rav Yosef came to all the rabbis and he said, if someone here could tell me that a blind person is patur from all of the mitzvot, I would make a big party at Suda, Yamatava, Lerabanan, to all the rabbis. Because then I'm not obligated to anything and everything I'm doing is extra credit. The rabbis came to Rav Yosef and they said, you have your party hat on backwards. Because gadol misuveve ose, greater is someone who's commanded and does, ose, from someone who's not commanded and does. Now logically you'd think, if you're doing what you have to, okay, that's good. But if you're doing things that you don't have to, that's got to be better. You're doing things above and beyond, correct? But this is one of those examples. That the Navi says about God, Lo I don't think like you. In your world, doing what you don't have to do is better. You call that going the extra mile. But in my world, God says, it's not like that. And I want to illustrate why this is the case. Tosafot has one answer, the Rishonim have other answers. I want to give you an answer according to what we're talking about. You know why you get more sachar for uh, doing mitzvot you're obligated to do? Mitzvah ve'oseh? You know why? Because as human beings, our greatest challenge is autonomy. The thing that we want the most is to feel that I'm in charge. I make the call. I make the decision. No one tells me what to do. You ever see a guy who refuses to ask for directions? He's trying to get to a journey somewhere. He doesn't want to ask. No, no I can, I'll figure it out. It takes him an extra 20 minutes to figure out how to get there just in order to not have someone tell him how to get there. Where does that come from in the human persona? It comes from this. No one, no one has to tell me. I'm going to do it. I'll figure it out. I got it. It's me. Okay, I'm good. Don't tell me how to do. Don't tell me what to do. That means that if you did all the mitzvot in the Torah and no one told you what to do, I decided that I should give tzedakah, that I should rest on Shabbat, that I should study Torah, that I should eat kosher. These are all my decisions. But what God asks from the Jewish people is, I took you out of Egypt. You, you, you serve me. An act of service doesn't come when you decide what you want to do. By definition, that's not an act of service because the person didn't ask you to do it. So although the same deed gets done, but a big part of that deed, and what makes it valuable is the human being conquering themselves and saying, I want to do what this person wants me to do. Listening to your wife 
is much harder than surprising your wife with something you wanted to get her. Why? Because she told you what to do. And we have a natural pushback whenever anyone tells us what to do. That's what the Pasuk is telling us. So the sages told Rabbi Yosef, you're commanded to do it. You have an obligation to do it as a Summa. If I could teach you that you're Hayav, then you should make a party. And I think, my friends, that's the secret in what we say all the time. You know, there's something that says absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? The more you experience something, the less you appreciate it. You ever notice that? The more you experience something, the less you appreciate it. So there's a sentence we say all the time. Right? We say it all the time. One of my father's favorites. My father used to say all the time. There was one guy who loved saying Rabbi Haranya. So all the time he's like, Rabbi Haranya, Rabbi Haranya. The rabbi comes over and he goes, You can't just say Rabbi Haranya in Kaddish. You only say Rabbi Haranya after you learn something. After you have a You can't just say Rabbi Haranya whenever you want. The guy says, Wow, Rabbi, amazing. You finished? He says, Yeah. Rabbi Haranya. So all the time we say Rabbi Haranya. Let's take a second to look at those words and see what they mean. Rabbi Haranya. This rabbi, Rabbi Hanayam and Akashah, used to say, right? God wants to give us merit. Therefore, he made more Torah. He made more mitzvot. God wants to give you, he wants to give you tzedakah, he wants to do kindness to you. Torah ve'adir. He made Torah bigger. In fact, there's a Gemara. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, in chapter Ben Sorero More, the story of a Ben Sorero More, a wayward son, never happened in the history of the Jewish people. Now there's a machloke, because there always is. The rabbi on the spot said, you know, no, 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 there was one. But why do you need a whole chapter in the Torah, many halachot in the Mishnayot and the Gemara, for us to happen one time, you don't need, you know, there's no halachot of pilegesh begiva. <coughs> it doesn't happen. You need to see, and if it never happened, even more. And what does the Gemara say? If it never happened, why would you give me a perashah in the Torah that never happened and never will happen? Can I ask you, I don't know if anyone, does anyone know why will the story of Ben Sore Moreh never happen? The husband and wife have to have the same voice. What does that mean? According to many Mifarshim, it means that they need to speak not just together, which is rare enough that they're on the same page, but their tone of voice needs to be the same. One of the Mifarshim on the side of the Gemara over there says, what does it mean that their tone of voice is in the same place? They say that the tone of voice, the register, the pitch of a person's voice, is linked to the person's hormones and testosterone. So testosterone, when a person gets, uh, becomes a man and the testosterone builds up in the man, what happens? His voice suddenly drops, correct? Okay, he becomes Darth Vader overnight. That's what happens. So the voice drops. A woman, on the other hand, has a different set of hormones, right? Governed by estrogen, etc., etc. That keeps a woman's voice in a higher register. Says the Pasuk, they said, and they said with one voice, the commentator on the side of Yishaya Piki writes that that means that either the woman has the male hormones, in which case she'd be unable to bear a child, 
or that the man has the hormones of a woman, right? In which case he'd be unable to give, uh, to give the seed for the child. So therefore, it's not a case that could ever happen in the history of the, of the world. Beautiful commentary in the Gemara. But again, what's the answer? The Gemara's answer is, so if it never happens, what do you got to tell it to me for? Answer is the Gemara, derosh v'kabel schar. In order that all of us could learn the halachot, understand the concept, and get sachar. That means, again, forgive me, is that I don't think there's anyone in this room, myself included times 50, that knows all of the Torah. Anyone here know all of the Torah? No. <laughs> like, God needed to add Ben Soreru More so that we would have what to learn? There's not enough upstairs for us to cover? And upstairs, by the way, with all the books in our library, that's a drop in the bucket of a library of a yeshiva or a library of a, of a bit, right? It's very... Answers the Gemara, something beautiful. The Gemara says, In every scenario, there's a situation, a Gemara, a Midrash, a Mishnah, a Halakha, that you should learn for your life. Only yesterday we were learning Gemara in, in the Masech Megillah. We were talking about the idea that there's a time in a person when a person, it might be a, a wicked person, but he's on a hot streak. Everything's going well for him. And the Gemara says, don't start up with him in this time. And we were talking about it. People were saying, wow, you know, I just had this in my office. I just had this at work. I'm up against this guy. The guy's evil. Everything he's doing is criminal. And you know, I'm trying to figure out how to be able to make, how to be able to maneuver with a person that doesn't mind doing criminal activity. How do I uh, get myself out of this? My friends, that was a Gemara that was written, that was there for the people in the class that needed it. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu prepared a lesson in the Torah for every moment of your life, every moment of your children's life, every moment of your great-great-grandchildren's life. Do you know how much Torah you need that billions of people throughout thousands of years, every one of them, should have a piece of Torah that describes and governs and guides them in every moment of their life. There needed to be a piece of Torah that told you how to deal with GPT-4. There needed to be a piece of the Torah that told you how to deal with the nationalization of banks. There needed to be a Torah that told you how to deal with an overreaching government. There needed to be a piece in the Torah that taught you about communism. And a piece of the Torah that taught you about strong arm arming despots that take over neighboring countries. All of this with megalomaniac leaders. So therefore, the Gemara is explaining, you know why we taught you this perashah? Not because this mitzvah is shayach. But if you're willing to subjugate yourself to God and to say that a way a human being lives his best life is by saying, what did God command Moshe? And that's what I'll do. That person is going to live the most extraordinary life. But in order to do that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to have not 31 flavors like Baskin Robbins, but an infinite number of flavors covering an infinite number of topics. And there's going to be a guy who's going to need to learn the lessons of Ben Sorero More. My friends, that introduction is, I think, the introduction to our generation. A generation that has a younger generation coming up that feels that they are allowed and should be allowed 
to do whatever in the world they want. And anything that I feel is good or makes me happy is by definition correct. There was once a person that felt that way. And what's his name? The Ben Soreru Moreh. And the Torah said, a child that never experiences a no, he's capable of doing anything and everything. And by the way, I believe we are witnessing that. Not murder in the streets with a gun. But as an example, a society that can't say no, that that's what its adherents learned. Have what you want. Never tell someone that they're not okay, that they're incorrect. Murder will happen because of that. Tying the police's hands because you're not allowed to say to a criminal that he did something wrong. Murder will happen when a generation grows up and is told that whatever they think is, wrong, is fine is kosher, is kosher. Dirosh, said Hashem, three and a half thousand years ago. And you will be rewarded by the lessons that you have learned. You know what the problem is? We're a generation that doesn't accept what Hashem commanded Moshe. We're a generation where we feel where we need to tell the synagogue and we need to tell the church and we need to tell the mosque. The kids need to tell the, the religious institution what its laws should, could, or are allowed to be. That's where we are. I don't need to get into the individual examples. I think they're obvious. But that's what happens when we don't learn this message. So many, 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 many years ago, God said, you want to build a spiritual world, remember, I gave you the ingredients. Listen to the ones I shared, Hashem says. Because the ones that you shared won't build a house for God. They'll build a house for you. And then you're going to put a label on it, and you're going to call it the house of God, but it won't be anything like what I wanted. Hashem should bless us, Be'ezat Hashem, to be truly spiritual beings, connecting to God, He should bless us to have the courage to be able to do the right thing and not the popular thing. Hashem should bless us, Be'ezat Hashem, to be a part of the generation that builds a world and prepares a world for the coming of Mashiach. Amen. Amen.